right, we're recording. Okay, hi. Del and Dad, talk I'm Dad. <laughs> Let's just go. Chapter eight of Matthew. Awesome. Um, okay. Now he is done with the Sermon on the Mount. And he immediately starts, Matthew immediately starts to describe miracles that Jesus starts doing. Um, I guess the first small question is, do people refer to these as his first healing? He, in chapter four earlier, it says he was healing all ma- manner of disease and all manner of sickness among people. Just really quickly says that. Then he does a sermon. Then now he it's describing specific healings that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a reason that it's talking about these ones and not previous ones? Or I, All I can do is suggest that Matthew is trying to reiterate that he was a miracle doer okay. because that is how the Jews would know he was the Messiah. Okay. And the pattern of going from miracles to teaching back to healings back to could be something I haven't seen that but perhaps there is something in that okay I just wondered if there's like deliberateness in your opinion to I don't haven't come to that conclusion but that could be something you're seeing that I've missed no I don't know I don't know what yeah anyway okay so Jesus is healing people doing miracles. He encounters a centurion Mm -hmm. who had a servant that was sick, says he's not worthy of having Jesus come into his house because he's an authority of the state with soldiers. Mm -hmm. And Jesus marvels at this. Why is this marvelous to Jesus? Okay. A centurion was a, a man, a Roman, not a Jew, who was over 100 men. So he had authority. He had respect. And, uh, you know, a a Roman centurion was somebody that was respected. But so he didn't have any training in Judaism. He didn't know the law. He didn't know anything. But he believed on this guy. Okay. Yeah. That's why he marveled. Okay. So Romans believing in Jesus. Yeah. Like what? What is that? Why would they? I, you know, well, Romans, they, they, uh, they had a lot in terms of their Greek, their Greek, in terms of their mythologies, and they believed in higher powers and things like that. But for some reason, this centurion witnessed or by the spirit witnessed or had the spirit move him to believe and he did. But everything that Jesus is doing is for Jews. Jews, yeah. So this Roman centurion, he's over the soldiers who are governing the whole area. Mm-hmm. And he's he's heard or he's witnessed this. Okay. And also, you know, when you become desperate, uh, maybe he was just at a place of desperation where he was grasping for anything mm-hmm. because medicine sucked back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I could see I could see him asking Jesus for the help and believing that he could, but for him to what Jesus marvels at is him saying he's not worthy for him to come to his home. Yeah, because that shows he saw Jesus as something more than just the average Joe. Mm-hmm. And he humbled himself. He was a man of authority over many soldiers. Mm-hmm. And he came and said, I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. That shows he had some kind of insight mm-hmm. that said, you know, hey, man. Okay. So then it says, um, many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom shall be cast forth into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. I don't understand this whole thing. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's tough to understand some of those esoteric uh, 
citations that he'll give. Mm -hmm. uh, but does he give that in, in response to a, a Roman centurion? Yes. Okay, so what he's saying there is that, yeah, there's people who will sit in the kingdom who are sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but many of the children of that kingdom are going to be cast into outer darkness, uh, which is the prison part of Sheol, by the way, the covered place, will be cast there. Okay. Yeah, because they, they don't have the faith requisite to go to paradise or to heaven. Right. Yeah. So, and he says, since you're in go thy way, you believe, so it be done unto thee, the servant was healed in that hour. Yeah. By belief, again, that's the important thing. By Just by faith that Jesus could do what he says he could do. And trusting him, the healing occurred. So Jesus's application to Gentiles, I'm realizing I don't understand when that sort of kicks in. Like Jesus came to fulfill the Jewish yeah. law, but Gentiles can believe on him now. So when did that actually... Well, that might be the first... A case that we read about in Matthew, it's in chapter six or whatever we're in. Seven. Yeah. So yeah. A, a, a Gentile came to believe. Okay. So yeah. belief on Jesus is, I thought it was like specifically his death, resurrection. It is. Ascension. Yeah. But it could, it could have happened just on his power before sure. that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. And in fact, in his day, he was saying, believe on me, mm -hmm. you know, believe on me. And, you know, uh, his resurrection hadn't even come close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But now it's not like, I know you, we talk about epistemological and ontological Jesus, but if someone were to believe in Jesus and not his death, resurrection, ascension, mm -hmm. any of that, mm -hmm. but believed he was of God and did miracles and stuff, what mm -hmm. would that entail? Uh, I'm not the judge of the human heart, but um, if they know of Jesus, you know, that's the caveat here, mm -hmm. and they reject that he was resurrected, then they have an issue with their faith on him. Okay. Yeah. The, the way I see it. Still not a matter of salvation or not for you? Well, no, it would be a, it would be a matter of entering the kingdom or not, because that's if they know him. You know, ontologically, they've been heard of him, but they say, I don't believe in a resurrection. That's what the good news is, is that he came, lived, died and resurrected. And so that is by which the scripture says we are saved mm -hmm. in that day. So um, if somebody knows the story and rejects that, they're going to be saved from their sin irrespective of whether they believe or not, but they won't be saved to the kingdom because that comes by faith on him. But there are people who don't know of Jesus that could be saved to the kingdom. Yeah, ontologically, they don't know him. They've never even heard the name, you know? So you're saying a knowledge of Jesus and rejection of that specific thing. It's problematic. Is is worse than a not a knowledge of Jesus. <laughs> it's a, worse of not a knowledge of Jesus. Yes, it's worse because he, and he talks about that principle. Okay. You know, when you become under a greater burden when you know. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so then I also just want to know here that Jesus on the spot like alters how the miracle is conducted based on the demonstration of the man's faith he he says first i'll go into your home then the man says you're i'm not worthy of you coming into my home and he says oh you have a lot of faith he's healed already mm -hmm. like on the spot changes mm -hmm. 
the tactic. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that stuck out to me. Like I kind of thought it was prescribed what he had to do and like how it was done to sort of demonstrate that like all, a all the different ways. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah. it's changed on the spot. Yeah. He changed it. And that's the thing about his miracles. That's the thing about faith. That's the thing about all of it. You can't box it in. I mean, Jesus does so many different ways of healing. We want to, like the Mormons, they establish you lay your hands and you say, no, Jesus was like, to one guy, he says, you're healed. To another guy, he says, do this. To another one, he says, do that. It's all, it's all up in the air. But even that, like the different things that he did come off as like prescribed, like, you know, he had, he had to be from Galilee. He had to be, or whatever it was like he, there are things he had to fulfill. Jesus. Jesus. So it felt like the different types of healing he was doing were like very deliberate and just depends on what principle we're being taught relative to the old Testament, to prophecy, to the person involved, to the situation at hand. And that's kind of like a picture for us that God can't be boxed in. Yeah. Yeah. So even with Jesus's life, I mean, with his life, that's a different story because he's fulfilling prophecy of what was said about him along the way. So he's going to do some things that are prescribed and they look like they have to be done. But in terms of him operating in this world as the son of God, he doesn't have to see. He doesn't seem to have any rules. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, I think that makes sense because the Old Testament is materially based. Mm-hmm. The New Age is spiritually based. That kind of broaches both sides. It does. It just is like it leads. These sorts of things lead me to wonder, like he could have done it different ways. Yeah. Like it was it was one way that it was done. Yeah. I don't know. It just is. I he could have done the mind. healings in different ways, or he could have come into the world and done Mm-mm, healings. Oh just yeah. The day, got... to day of how he lived. Well, you'll see that he does healings in different ways. I know, but I'm, I guess I'm saying like even the different ways that he did, did them. I understood before reading it as like, he, he, there's intention behind him doing it a bunch of different ways meaning there's intention to doing it this way and then this way and and there it was prescribed sort of Mm -hmm. and so just seeing that it was literally off the cuff that he even changed his mind right there on how the healing could have been done and and yeah it does uh so i think there's both sides of that there's some prescription going on there but there's also an adaptation of the because of the situation at hand Okay. Like it had to be that he did healings a bunch of different ways. Right. But that's kind of where it ends. Like the prescription is that healings had to be done in many different ways to demonstrate that there isn't one way. Yeah. I think. But how that happened was not prescribed. Right. Right. And it's sort of similar to us now where there's a, there's like a general law of love and there's a way of doing that, but how it materially manifests depends on the circumstance. Changes. Yeah, I'll give you an example of that: the thief on the cross. You know, many evangelicals. You got to say Jesus. You got to say, uh, "Come into my heart. I believe in you." He never says a word. Mm-hmm. Not one of those. He just says, "Remember me when I when uh, you go into your kingdom." Mm-hmm. That's what he says. That's all he does. Mm-hmm. So there. And Jesus says, "You'll be with me in paradise." So it's so open. It's, it, I really think it's all predicated on the heart of the individual. I really do involved. What do people say to the thief on the cross thing? 
uh, they have a really hard time with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you throw that up for people who insist you have to ask yeah. Jesus, they, they get thrown by that. You know, mm -hmm. what they'll do is they'll cite Paul who says, uh, if you say uh, you will be saved, if you confess him, you will be saved. And they cite that and you just use an alternative example of that. And then they get like, oh, but, but, but. and I just say, look, at God's in charge of the saving. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make it formulaic. Okay. Um, okay. Are we done? No, oh. we have till one. Okay. 1 p.m. Um, okay. A couple more. So multitudes again gathered, again a pattern, but we kind of address that the pattern is not necessarily deliberate in your opinion. Mm -hmm. um, there, and then there's just a lot of moments that I could ask about Jesus is saying the son of man hath not where to lay his head, mm -hmm. leaving the dead to bury their own dead. Lots of things. I wanted to ask specifically though, why he calls himself son of man and others call him son of God. Mm -hmm. What's that for? Um, it kind of speaks to his uh, dual nature. Son of God was what was in him. Mm -hmm. Son of man was his flesh. His favorite title for himself in fact i only think maybe once if at all does he call himself the son of god his favorite title was i'm the son of man meaning i am a man human flesh from mom mary i'm the son of man and uh as a means perhaps to identify with humans mm -hmm. but this the title son of god represents his spiritual components that mm -hmm. made him god with us yeah okay and I assume when he says he has no place to lay his head is implying he's not of this world. Yeah. Okay. It's an indirect implication. Uh, you know, foxes have holes, birds yeah. of the, have nests. I don't even have a place to live. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, huh? That he would choose that very light touch on the world. Mm -hmm. He loved to party though. He would go to parties and, and he, and they called him a wine bibber and a glutton. Mm -hmm. So he did things that, you know, the ascetics said, no, you don't drink too much wine. You don't eat too much. And they said, he said, the son of man comes eating and drinking and you assassinate me. Mm -hmm. So he was just showing, you know, it's not in the flesh of me mm -hmm. that you're going to find your, your hope. It's going to be the son of God part. Yeah. yeah. And it's not to indicate that partying is what he was about. No. It's just he didn't have a home here. Yeah. He appealed, meaning he didn't even have an identity here. No. Meaning partying wasn't his. He just appealed no. to whoever was around him. Yeah. And that's, I assume that's how we can live. Well, that I, I believe that. I believe that we follow in that pattern and we just don't have, you know, a, a real uh, devotion to the material things of this world. And the consequence of that is, or the consequence of, because it seems like there is a consequence to appealing to material things, to drinking too heavily, to having too many drugs, or do you know what I mean? Uh, definitely consequence here on earth. Definitely. Whether you're a believer or not. In the world at all. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, a consequence. consequence. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, do those consequences play over into who you are in your spiritual identity? Uh, the only thing is the scripture talks about those things that we do can lead to non-belief. 
that that if you imbibe in those things too heavily, you can't your re renewed mind can become more interested in those things and you detach from the vine and you follow after them. So the danger in, in imbibing in this world's materialism, drugs, sex, rock and roll is that it can overcome you and you'll turn from the faith. And I've seen that dozens of times. So it seems like it's only when you have your priorities straight and the and motivation is like key yeah here. okay and you're on the you're on hitting it on the head it is motivation priorities heart mm -hmm. right and it, it, those who want him will keep those things in line mm -hmm. but i still believe those who want him can be beguiled if they allow, because Jesus teaches that as we'll come across those, those teachings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then just quickly, we have a few minutes. He continues acts. It calms the seas, calms the sea, casts demons out that are in people into pigs. Oh, that's a big one. What is that? Yeah, what so, is the reason for that one? Well, he goes across the sea to a, a demon and the demon is in the rocks cutting himself. Mm -hmm. And and he he it's interesting that the demons in him recognize Jesus. Yeah, yeah. they recognize Jesus. Yeah. So they know him from a spiritual sense. And they call they are the ones that call him son, son of, of God. God. Yeah, they don't call him God, the son. Um, they call him the son of God. They know who his identity is. Do, what is God? I, God the son's a Trinitarian. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So they call him the son of God. Okay. And they recognize him. Now, according to the law, they couldn't eat swine. Oh. That was against the rules. And yet they were raising swine. Oh. Swine's an unclean animal. So it's it's a picture or a type that unclean spirits are going to be cast into unclean animals. You shouldn't be having pigs anyway. And so the, the demons say, hey, give us a place to go. Don't just cast <laughs> us out until we wander around the, the world. So he says, okay, go into the swine. And how did the swine respond to those? Even the swine can't take those demons in them. And run off the cliff and kill themselves <laughs> it's one of those insane stories yeah. to me it's really weird uh yeah i know and i just want to tell you something this is touching me deeply because i really identify with the man uh in the tombs cutting himself with stones and being filled with demons and not uh, having any peace and nobody being able to contain him and, mm -hmm. and the chains couldn't hold him. And he sees the Lord and he's like, please. And the Lord casts him out and he has new life. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting, it says, in his right mind. Mm -hmm. He's in his right mind. And God, that means so much to me as a man. You know what I'm like when I'm not in my right mind. And uh, that is how he's our savior. Yeah. I'm sorry. That just, just touches me so much. Here's the head. <laughs> uh, I came from a very, very distorted world, guys. So that's what I'm talking to. Thanks. Did I just kill the kill no, the vibe? I just. <laughs> it's hard because there's a lot of things 
the intent with this is to like sort of just graze over a lot of stuff and you have to in a 20 minute show yeah it's It's okay we're just we're just getting people interested yeah it's not easy though because a lot of these are like i'm just skipping over the most profound things that have ever been said it's just like so and yeah i'm trying to find that balance because you're doing a good job something like that right you know and remember that uh you know, when I'm doing the, the Bible, you know, that's what happens to me. I get one verse. You could write a book on one verse. Um, yeah. I'm not intentionally trying to, it feels like freaking irrespectful. Dis, You're not. Disrespectful. Trust the spirit. It's, you know. it's okay. You know, trust the spirit. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Love you so much. Love you too, girly. Grateful that you have called out to God to cast the demons out me too would you say they're demons i'd say it's the dark with a capital d satan and his angels been cast in a lake of fire way back then but the dark that tempted satan that's that's still here man and it's powerful yeah and maybe a dumb question but is it sort of like a one-to-one like it comes out of you and has to go into something else. Well, that was the demons yeah. in that. So I don't know how the dark works uh, and it's a conjecture, but if Satan has been cast into the lake of fire in that day, what I do is I say, well, then what tempted Satan? Because mm-hmm. he was made good. It says mm-hmm. in Ezekiel 37, he was made good. And it said, and when iniquity was found in him, well, how did that get in him? If he was made good, he appealed to the dark. And it said he wanted to become God himself, mm-hmm. self-will. So the dark, I don't think is it like an entity or in, in a personification sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's the absence of God mm-hmm. and it has a power, super strong power. It doesn't sound like that is like, a, has like a definitive no. space that it occupies. No, it's, it's something absent God, Okay, in my opinion. And... I'm curious to finally understand like what it feels like there's not much it's actually said about today about post Jesus's return. Nothing said. Nothing said. There's there's three verses that apply to us today. I mean, one verse and one three chapters that actually. But the rest of it, again, I take on principles. Principally. Yeah. But like something like that, like actual, like what is darkness? Are there demons? All There's this nothing stuff. that says it. So people read this and they think it's to us. So they talk about demons and Satan and like a fire and hell and, and all this stuff. And they just haven't taken the time to see the context. It is kind of gnarly to not have anything though written to. Well, we have the Holy Spirit. After. But, uh, yeah, and we have, but we have the Holy Spirit guiding us, and maybe that inspires us to make some conjectures that are sufficient. To me, I think what we have is sufficient. There's a dark in this world. There's a light in this world, mm-hmm. you know. And after this life, I think we have a pretty good picture of what it is, mm-hmm. even better than what Christians will give. So, and sorry, but we do have the Spirit, like in yes. Yeah, the spirit's in charge of the kingdom. It here. says that yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Where does it say it, Revelation? Acts begins in Acts chapter two and continues on to be unfolded through the book of Acts and then all through the rest of that time. Specifically and Jesus, after Jesus' return, yeah, there will be spirit. Yeah, because Jesus says the spirit can't come while I'm still here. 
Oh, yeah. wow. Talk about a Trinitarian cluster. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But if I freaking pick up on it. You'll pick up on it. <laughs> okay. All right, cut. <laughs> Thanks for including me. Jeez. Am I part of this show? Guy, give someone a little power and off they go. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's funny.